Hi everybody and welcome to another edition of the World Football Index EPL Weekly Podcast. Continuing the roundup uh, around the clubs of the English Premier League and where they're standing, their ins and outs and what's changed from the, last, the end of last season. Today we're going down to Watford and as usual we have Sean Walker, our resident Watford fan. Sean, I haven't spoken to you think, since about March, April time. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Oh, got better. I was a bit ill last week, but but all's good. We we I think we, we've we've had a couple of sort of false starts for this pod, but we're finally here. <laughs> well, listen, let, let's get down into it. From the end of last season, you know, the last time I was speaking to you, really, Sean, you know, you were talking about consolidating uh, a place in the top ten. You were in a very happy place, and uh, you know, you survived that. You survived in the Premier League for another season. So from from that point, do you want to do you want to bring us into where you are today? Obviously, you finished seventeenth, so it, it it sounds as bad as it is. But it, what was frustrating about it was because um, we just beaten seventeenth without really feeling like seventeenth. Would that would would, would that yeah. be a fair assessment of it? Well, it was it was really up and down. We had a, obviously a great start, and then between we had a great start from August to November, and then December we dipped off, and we, we kind of came back in uh, February where we beat Arsenal away, which was uh, which was that interestingly the uh, the most unlikely result of the whole Premier League, even ahead of Swansea beating Liverpool away. Uh, according to the bookies, it was. The most unlikely result is we were just completely on the floor. We had injuries, really poor system. And then we oddly picked up in February uh, and then kind of plodded along in March. And I was kind of thinking, well, if we if we pick it up, we're only five points or so off, off the top 10. So the first year in the Premier League finished 13th. So I was thinking, right, well, if we, if we finish above 13th, we've made an improvement and just despite injury so like it, it was all well and good but oh it, it really really was you know i think the last time i'm just jogging my memory here i think the last time i spoke to you i think you were sort of 37 points uh, yeah you hit, you hit the sort of 40 was it a case of hitting the 40 and and, and just on the beach the beach balls out and uh, yeah definitely it would it, we got the we got the 40 points and then uh but it was kind of the urgency had gone because even even though we we were on about I think it was thirty four points after the Southampton game, we played really poor against Swansea but got a result. We played really poor against Sunderland but got a result. And then nothing nothing changed. It's not like well we've got the results we played poor. We'll we'll change it up. We've got harder fixtures now. We'll we'll fix it up. But it wasn't. It was completely just. It was long balls. It was really basic basic stuff and was just not being executed and poor system, poor formation. And then, I mean, even to this day, I mean, Mazzari loved to talk about luck after the game, but I, I think overall he was pretty unlucky with injuries, but it's it's not how, uh, like how Watford played. And towards the end of the season, from, I'd say from March to, to May, the only time I was really happy watching Watford was Chelsea away. And now I went to that game on a Monday night. And lost four three, but God, we played brilliantly despite again injuries, and we played brilliantly. We went to the Champions with the only team to score three goals, and all we did was pass the football. Just it was just a matter of right, express yourselves, go go and try for the for the last, or I think it was the penultimate game. Just go out on a bang, and I, I came out and I, I was feeling refreshed, just thinking right. City last game of the season at home, and oh, I think we lost five nil. It was five goals in the first 
in the first half. And after that, I think if we'd won, we'd have come 14th, I think. So it just shows how points-wise, how close it was. But completely just gave up and, yeah, just really was an, an abysmal end. And Mazzari, Mazzari left and that was kind of that, really. It was just focusing on next season. And, you know, you, you've got Sylvain as your manager. And, yeah. You know, things things from what I've... We've had a bit of a chat pre-pod there. I think, you know, you're going into this season, you've made some pretty good signings. So, well, you know, we'll start off with the manage, management change there. What's your opinion on that? Absolutely over the moon. I mean, when he, he's got a good reputation and he, he's done brilliantly with Hull. I know he got relegated, but if you look at the state they're in, they've got... They've sold their best players. They've... Their players that they got were really poor, and he, he was really bringing the best out of them. When I heard we we got him, I, I was ecstatic. I was just thinking, right, got a Portuguese player, and he's he's ambitious. He wants to play the right way, which, despite Wolford's reputation, the, we do play you're the capable best. Of, you're well capable. Yeah. You like to play football, exactly. Because when I mean that's we got promoted by playing good football, and you look at last season, we didn't play we didn't play attractive football at all. We played one of the worst football. And to look where he finished. So it's just reflective, really. So he's come in and he's a, he's a real, like, player manager. He likes to coach individuals, which is really, really important. It's something Mazzari didn't do. He, he never connected with the fans. He never connected with the players. The, the dressing room was just completely in awe, I think. It was just completely, really poor. Uh, so he's come in and, uh, Darian, Darian for one came out and said that he's inspired the players already, which is evident in the, the friendly I saw against Wimbledon because they were just playing beautiful, beautiful football. And this is without, this is without some of the Pereiras and Feminias and some of, some of the quality players that we lacked. We still played really creative and just exciting football. It's, it's just really, really, I'm really excited for this season. I think that's the best way to put it. And what kind of a system is he playing, Sean? You know, I know you've been to a couple of friendlies there. Yeah. Uh, what What have you seen? You know, what are, What are the key differences? Do you think is Is there a change in in, in formations or anything like that? Oh, Mazzari never really had a. He never. He had a system, but he never had a formation. Marco Silva clearly wants to implement a four-two-three-one with a uh, Cleveling Decore as the holding midfielders, who are both. You know, great stamina, tough tacklers, but on the ball, they're very, they're very talented. Kind of both box to box, so it's it's a lot more wing play. With instead of Mazzari, it was just kind of pump it long to Dino or Akaka to to win the flick on and move on from there. But with with Marco Silva, it's it's more get it into the feet of Dukure and Cleverly, and if if the Options there essentially for Hughes or Pereira or Chalabar, then then so be it. But it's, it seems like I think the whoever's playing the attacking role, which was is more likely Hughes and Pereira rather than Chalabar, is uh, is going to drag the defenders out and then have Berghaus who is come back on loan, Holland international won won the Dutch league with Feyenoord and Isaac Success out wide just taken on their man and then you got Dini up front to hopefully who should score a lot more goals from open play with, with the system because he has proven that he he's played around some quality players. He's played uh, along like uh, Pereira, he's played along Forestier, he's played along Matty Vidra who 
Watford fans will know how technically gifted they were and they fitted into that team perfectly, no problem. So it's not a problem of, oh, it's, it's quality players elsewhere, but Deeney, he's, he's not technically capable because he is, he's just not got that reputation. So he's a finisher and I think he, I think the goals will not be a problem. I think the problem will be defensively. Yeah, and I think for, for the likes of a Troy Deeney, you know, the, the better quality of service that you can supply him with, you know, obviously your percentages increase. And you know mm. the system that you seem to be talking about here seems to be a seems to be a change in that direction. Mm. Can can you foresee that service being more consistent to him? Oh, definitely. With uh, obviously the times we've got, and hopefully if we we keep uh, Pereira fit, it just he he's just a beautiful player. Um, Pereira, he he was injured um, from December to the end of the season, so he never really made a name for himself but uh, Watford fans were raving about him after I think it was the West Ham game and he, he he works hard but on the ball obviously signed from Juventus beautiful player he can he can drag players out and leave space for Dini if he can he can finish he can pff, the power on his shots the placement is I think he, he is he is very underrated last season he didn't have a he didn't have a great name but the the, the play really does centre around Troy Deeney so you've got quality players surrounding him and with Pereira and Deeney to finish it should should really pay off he's a bit of a WFI favourite he used to be a, an old yeah, yeah. box podcast favorite. <laughs> we do love a bit of Troy you know you do but, love Troy <laughs> well he's, he's done terrible things to my team so I'm saying no more than that uh, yeah. you, you have some very interesting incomings there as well you know you've mentioned them already Will Hughes and Shabala from Chelsea like you know two two players that you know, one was a wonder kid and football manager a few years back, and and the other one, do you know, I think was a target of United was, or certainly with with Liverpool for a long time. Will Hughes, um, a bit of a coup really uh, for Watford. These ones, yeah. When you look at Jack Cork going for ten million, Jacob Murphy going for twelve, Portis Ombalonga going for fourteen, and then you see Nathaniel Chalaba going for five million with no sell on fee or release or uh, buyback clause. For he was signed for five million, and then Will Hughes signed for seven million. It's just both England under twenty one central midfielders. Chalabar, I mean, he's already a fan's favourite. We, we, we've already seen him play when he was seventeen, and he was by far one of the the best players we've had at the club. And now he's developed and got experience. It's just really, and he seems he's happy to be here. He's confident. He he can. He's he's very versatile. He can he can play in an attacking role or he can play in a defensive role, which suits obviously the formation well. Will Hughes, he's more of a attacking midfielder. He he doesn't. He, he said today he's ready to get stuck into it, so he, he's happy to be here. He wants he's a Premier League quality player. He wants to get minutes under his belt, which is why I think he has turned the likes of Spurs and Liverpool down. And he, he's he's a very creative player, so. I think he won't. He won't start every game, but he'll get minutes. And I just really hope he takes his chance and proves himself because he's a quality player and he deserves his chance. 
But as, as you rightly said, you know, the, these these signings, and certainly with what we're seeing at the minute, Sean, which is like, my God, it's it, it's a it's a weird and wonderful world out there with, with numbers and <laughs> figures of transfers. It, it, it sort of beggars belief. You're picking English players up of, of that kind of reputation. Honestly, there, there's, there's no questions about them uh, fitting in or stepping up or, you know, a change of environment and so on. You know, Shabal, I think, has been with you on loan before. So you would imagine the transition for these players uh, as well. You know, we see the players come from Europe and they struggle maybe for their first season. Well, you wouldn't have any worries like that around these two. Yeah, exactly. And um, Chalabar, I think even some Chelsea fans agree that Chalabar proved himself when he did play. They they weren't so happy with him because he they they felt they felt he was quite lazy. But and also he had he had a year left on his contract and with uh, Bakayoko signing. They've got so many central midfielders. They were just happy to release him, uh, to not release him, but just get him, get him off their hands. And Watford, obviously, we're here just happily waiting for him to come back. So, yeah, I think I think this could be one of the the, the transfers of the summer. And as you say, in an inflated market where Sigurdsson's worth fifty million and Pitford's worth thirty, Chalobah for five. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It, it it's non-stop it's so it, it, with Chalibur coming for five it's just it's incredible and and is there anything else on the horizon at the minute um you know is there anything in the pipeline are you getting any any rumblings of more business or or do you think you're you're pretty much done uh looking for a center back a left back and a striker now there's there's not really been any links or oh, also a goalkeeper they've come out and said that they want to improve defensively. Uh, it looks like they're going to get a goalkeeper. It looks like Scuffet. I think I'm not too sure how you, how you say it, but he, he's a football manager, a wonder kid. He, he looks like he's going to be just transferred from Udinese to, to Watford. There's obviously Gino Pozzo owns both clubs. So it looks like he, he's going to come in. There's no real talks of what names for a left back and centre back, but it looks like those two are options that we're, we're trying to bring in uh for striker there's no solid links but Andre Gray's is available Shane Long has has been linked by Sky Sports uh Lucas Perez uh Andone from Deportivo they're all good names and what Watford want or especially the fans want is a is a quick striker we've not really we've not had one since Matej Vidja left and I think it's it's been a striker, we've it's the type of striker Watford have been craving for. A, a more just as, as a plan B, Sean. Um, you, you know, just just an, uh, maybe an option off the bench to no, I think, change things at, at mid game. I think it's more to give Deeney some competition because last season he got a bit complacent, and with the new, obviously we offered him a um, hundred thousand a week, and for Watford that's that's not cheap. So we can't afford to to keep Deeney complacent. Uh, with I think Jerome Sinclair's probably going to go out on loan. Stefano Okaka, he's a he's a good backup option, but he's he's not going cut it really. So I think it it's just really to have them both rotating or give Dini some competition so Dini steps up his game. So I think that's what Shane Shane Long would be the perfect option because he's known as a super sub. He, he's effective off the bench, so. I think Shane Long would be the perfect, the perfect option. But if we take Gray or Perez, they're they're they're, they're another level up. But it just leaves you wondering where where Dini is going to fit in. 
Indeed. Well, Long, you know, Shane Long's been been turned around a lot of clubs as, mm-hmm. as, as an option. You know, I, I know. Let, let's look at uh, you know real, realistically, what how many more do you think you need in order to 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 achieve your goals of the season? You know. Um, obviously, you'd be looking top ten again as your utopia, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, top ten would be is is the dream. That would be ideal. But uh, I think us fans, you get Watford fans are very divided. But most fans are grounded, and most fans know that the real the real aim is just to build on what we what we've already got here, and just you cannot afford to go down. It's just survival is the the main priority, and then once once we've achieved the forty points, instead of last season where we just got the beach balls out, it's it's pushing on, it's seeing where what we can achieve. So with with transfers, I'd say we need about say we need four four to five is what we need, and we also need to keep Stephen Berghaus, who all Watford fans are just completely raving about. I just think he's a brilliant, brilliant player. No, indeed. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned, I think it was Suarez has left you. Um, are you expecting any more outs, Sean? Uh, yeah, I was expecting more of an overhaul, really. Um, there's been no, there's been no real link. There's been a few subtle links, but not nothing too, nothing too strong. But the players that were expected to go is, one is Jose Alabas, who is, um, I think he's 33 now, uh, signed from Roma for 1.8 million and he's, He's done a brilliant job, but I think he got 14 cards last year. It's just, I think the Premier League is just a bit too too much from to handle. So it looks like a holobus will go. Britos turns 32. He's been linked to Sparta Prague. So I think that would be a good option. Again, signed in a free transfer. So the business is, has been brilliant. Valon Barami, uh, who is a key player. I think he's, again, he's 33, turning 34, and he's he said he wants to leave and he's he's not gone on the Austria tour. I think he's only uh, flown out today despite there only being one match left of the tour. So it just leaves you wondering. It looks like he's going to go to Switzerland or Udinese. But uh, there's, again, we have quite a, quite a few goalkeeper options. I think we have six on our, in our, on our hands. I think three of them are, three of them are from the academy and then Pantelimon, Arlauskis, Backman and Gomez so it looks like Pantelimon and Arlauskis are going it's just getting a lot getting rid of a lot of dead uh, dead wood and then just the players we've got already we've we've got so many players on our books just just get do you think that maybe you know with the arrival of Silva he's maybe just taking the time to to evaluate what he's got there and what he wants to keep and, and maybe that's that's the delay on it um, you know, obviously coming in, coming in afresh, you would you would like to think anyhow that everyone have a clean slate and and, and the opportunity to impress. Yeah, yeah, I think so because um, the last two sides that have been put out clearly look like the players who like kind of fringe players who could be on their way out. So he's kind of given players chances to see what they're like, and some have impressed and some haven't, and the ones who haven't. And unless they're homegrown and they're kind of looking to stay on our books, it, it looks like they could be on their way out. So before we, before we close out, Sean, I'm going to put you on the spot here on the 19th of July and say to you, where do you think, you know, all, all things being equal, you know, you, obviously you've seen the team in action and whatnot in the friendlies um, live and so on. 
what what does your heart tell you, uh, you, you where you'll finish in the table this season? I think fourteenth is what is what my heart's saying. Uh, we've got the we're better than a few teams, and we'll play some good football. And we'll have some good games, but defensively, we've if Watford have never been good defensively, and it, I think it's really kind of shown. So I think we'll probably come fourteenth, uh, play some good football, get get some reputation, and everything. Maybe have a good cup run because I've seen the backup team play and it, it, it looks a lot more impressive than previous seasons. I think 14th was a decent cup run, um, is what my heart's saying. Defensively, we'll drop t- way too many points, but I think, yeah, 14th, solid season. And then hopefully next season, uh, build on what's already there. You know, obviously, you know, I've spoken to, to a number of the sort of the bigger clubs uh, in the Premier League, and, and the, you know, the top seven sort of look locked in already, even before a ball's kicked. You know, you, on paper, it, it really does look like you know those top seven places. A matter of how they how they pan out, but they do look pretty locked. You know, and, and when when you talk about a club like Watford and, and achieving top ten, when the, when seven of those places are already gone, and you you've got mm. the, the likes of your, your Southamptons and your Stokes who who are always in the round, you know, the, the, the ninth tenth position sort of thing. Um, just how difficult is it a cl- for a club like Watford to to break in into that 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 next little group, let's say below the top seven? Uh, you know, re- realistically on budgets and so on, how difficult is it for you? Oh, it's it's incredibly hard, and the only reason I do have faith Watford will do it is because of our chairman. I mean, that they've got they do brilliant business, and over the years they've got the profit they've got is just incredible. It's 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 beyond words how how well their transfer network is. So it will take some time. It will take a lot of time, but if we keep building, keep improving. We will eventually be kind of consolidate, kind of be in that Southampton role. But for now, it's it's really up and down. We've got some quality players, and then defensively, we look really poor. So it, it I think it is carry on building, carry on growing, and hopefully, hopefully soon we'll get Europa League either getting top seven, which will be incredibly hard, or We'll get a good cup run and hopefully do it from there. But I think Europa League is the dream. Uh, but the reality is Watford, so we're going to have to be patient. Well, listen, I, I, in closing, I just wish you all the best of luck for the season. Um, as I say, ho- hopefully you'll not treat us too badly this season as we have <laughs> done in previous years. Uh, but 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 the signs that you know, I think this is going to be an interesting Premier League this year, Sean, because. It sounds like all these clubs are doing some quite astute business, and and it, c- it could be very, very and highly competitive again this season. And and I think it only bodes well for, for, for you know to, to to put the brand of the Premier League out there. And uh, you know, as it may not be the best league in the world, let's not kid ourselves. But the, the, certainly by the sounds of this season, it's going to be pretty exciting. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's, the quality is improving. Uh, with managers and some players, and I just I the the excitement's there. It's just I really hope the Premier League does grow because there's there's some people out there saying it's the best in the, uh, it's the best league in the world, and it's certainly not. But hopefully, hopefully the quality of football just all round is a much improved from last season. 
Well, listen, that's grand. Uh, in closing, just, you know, where can we find you on Twitter and anything you're working on at the minute, any websites or anything? Far away, my man. Yeah, you can find me at, uh, at Sean Walker on Twitter. I've uh, got a little website for anything La Liga related called the La Liga Times. And if you want to check that out, uh, I don't know if there'll be many watching this pod, but now nah, my, my Twitter's basically just a mix of Watford, Premier League and La Liga tweets. So, uh, yeah, find me there. I'll give the man a follow. Sean, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, uh, you know, obviously you'll be back with, through, through the course of the season and we'll, we'll keep an eye on how Watford go. Uh, as I say, just one last time, just wish you all the best for the season and thank you so much for, for coming on. From my own point of view, as I say, our, our pods are going quite a lot of pods out this week. There's a couple of spotlights out there, uh, uh, player spotlights. We've got a new pod coming, um, recording tomorrow and that's, uh, the WFI scouting pod, um, which is, I'm really looking forward to actually doing this one. It's a couple of really decent guys there. Uh, Lee and Dan are on that one with me and it should be out sometime tomorrow so keep your eyes peeled for that if you're into to, to scouting and there's a number of new podcasts that will be appearing on the feed here over the over the next few weeks but all our old regulars are, are lining up to, to talk transfers and get ready for the start of the season so keep an eye on our feed subscribe to us check our website out at www.worldfootballindex.com some great articles on there as well um, if you haven't already had a look take a look and until the next Premier League update it's goodbye from everybody here <laughs>